0: This is an official download from TheCustardTV.com Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of The Custard TV Podcast. It is me, Matt, here once again. We are back once again to discuss four new shows and, as ever, I can't do this alone. We have had messages in, what's happened to Dawn? Where's Dawn gone? Oh, she's back. Dawn Glen, in the Scotland area, in a new
1: part of the Scotland area slightly a new postcode anyway i'm still oh. in dundee i'm just the other side of dundee i can see the law ill or correctly termed the law for those who know dundee from my window i'm close to the law um yes i moved uh over a week ago but i'm still moving stuff across on friday we had a second move we had to hire a second van because we have that much stuff so my house is just boxes and boxes and boxes and i had temporary internet that i was paying 10 pound a day for for the past week so i i have truly suffered <laughs> thanks
0: for joining us today then
1: Doris. yes i was glad to be Dedication. i'm glad to do something something normal again
0: and also joining us today we've got uh back on the podcast for the first time in a while Suki's with us how are you Suki?
2: I'm oh, fine, thank you, Matt. You know, yeah. I'm glad that all my harassing of you asking where he's sucky on the podcast <laughs> has now worked out. <laughs> Just so, your, yeah. your <laughs> own
0: harassment.
2: <laughs> well, it's the only way to get back on this show. So it worked.
0: <laughs> the best and the worst on the box. This could be a podcast. A podcast. Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Yes,
1: that would entertain me briefly. This
0: is the Custard TV podcast. Yeah, so today we will be talking about Apple TV Plus's Constellation. Plus, we have uh, ITV's COVID drama The Way. The no, breathtaking The Way is another drama we'll be talking about. That's um, directed by Michael Sheen, uh, set in Port Talbot. And also, we have got new comedy drama Borders. Uh, but first of all. Suki sent us a massive list of everything he's been watching this year including some some all-time classics in there as well I would have to say any sort of recent highlights Suki that you wanted to point us towards
2: well the recent highlights obviously is the upper hand you know because it's <laughs> it's Yay! such a classic now what what it is drama have been showing like uh, the s- series is from the and uh, the start from the first episode and they're doing them one a day so I thought oh, suddenly saw Upper Hand on there, so I started recording that and then binging it like four or five episodes a weekend. And once that finished, that went on to As Time Goes By, which is the Judy Dench and Jeffrey Palmer show. And that, I've been watching that one, that, that's on at the moment. And then I saw Terry and June was on there, so I've been watching that as well. So, so this is all very, very recent. This is very this well, shows, but
0: classic. And also uh, Reacher, which I believe you were on to talk about the first season of with us back in the day, the second season, I'm guessing.
2: Yes, uh, this is now the second season. They've sort of changed the format, whereas Reacher normally acts alone and uh, just gets involved in a situation as he's travelling. He's actually been sent a message and he has to join up with the remainder of his old army uh, buddies and they get together to find out what's going on and it's a different sort of format i believe the third season which they started filming they're going back to reach as a lonely traveler getting involved in the situation but this second season i quite enjoyed it even though the first one was a really excellent show i think we i think we did say it was an excellent show the first time we talked about it the second season excellent as well so do check that out if you get mm-hmm. a chance
0: anything else you wanted to quickly uh mention off that list
2: I could go into a few things. I mean, yeah. I did binge What We Do in the Shadows, the whole series mm. in one go. Oh, brilliant. Uh, there's also a, uh, Slow Horses I ended up finishing. Uh, mm. Gary Oldman, excellent. Father Brown, can't help it. Father Brown, love Father <laughs> Brown. And I just binged that in one go as well.
0: <laughs> Anything, done in the last month that you have been able to catch without any internet?
1: I have been keeping up with uh, Two Detective, The Night Country. Oh, yeah, I absolutely love it. Completely obsessed. You know, I I heard you last week asking, um, or sorry, Luke that asked Elaine last week, you know, how she would feel if it wasn't resolved. That was one of the things I actually really loved in The X-Files, was that they, they often didn't explain. They came away not knowing exactly what happened. So I, I'm very comfortable if, if that's what they do. They don't explain a lot of the supernatural elements it would be fine with me. But I mean, I'm just, uh, the acting, uh, Jodie Foster and Callie Reese are just amazing. I would love it. You know, they continued on, and they won't because it's true detective and that's not how it works, but I would love to see them just investigate, you know, like like Unforgotten or something, you know, investigating a murder, a season would be fantastic. And I did manage to catch the first episode of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Again, Luke was was uh, loving um, and I did, I really enjoyed it. It wasn't at all what I thought. It was so, so much more focused on their relationship and the two of them connecting and just talking to each other. I was expecting it to be a real bang, bang shoot. Em up. But yeah. obviously there is a lot of action in it, Um, but it was much more focused on the relationship. And I, I, I hadn't known about the Phoebe Waller bridge that she was supposed to be in it and then. Dropped out, but I can see her in it because like, Jane's character really reminded me of Eve from Killing Eve, and it felt it had that same kind of feel as Killing mm. Eve. To me, that I thought, I thought, um, the same sort of, you know, the casual way that the they are going about this horrific thing, and then and then it happens, you know, the bad things happen, and they they have to react to it, and um, it just it made me really think of that same kind of world of Killing Eve. So I'm looking forward to watching the rest of that, and I will be watching, <laughs> uh, one day, um, that uh, everybody has been raving about, and uh, uh, Elaine did a me and watched it all <laughs> in one go. So I shall, I, I'll definitely be checking that out. Um, probably tonight. Actually, I'll start.
0: And thanks for that segue, Dawn.
1: <laughs> I, have, I have now finished. Uh, <laughs> one
0: day, absolutely loved it. Basically, Dawnland the show. <laughs> in terms of. The, the yeah. sort of shipping element. I think if you can see yourself, in not in the characters, but in the experiences, you know, it's... I mean, Elaine really summed it up well last week about comparing yourself to other people and seeing people getting married, having babies, career progression, everything like that. But basing it around this, well, they, won't they romance and uh, a lot of people not knowing how it ends and the reactions that I've seen <laughs> on Twitter. The music, absolutely brilliant. Uh, the direction, great. I just, there was some light, just some bits in the final episode that killed me. Tissues recommended for that episode, <laughs> I think. Um, the two leads as well, um, Ambika Mod and Leo Woodall, brilliant. I hope this sort of propels them both to, to more things because I absolutely loved it. And also a bit of a um, diversion. I've restarted watching The Apprentice again. I've only watched the first one so far. <laughs> Very much more of the same, but you know where you are with it, I think. It, it amazes me how many people are willing to sort of embarrass themselves. Yes,
1: they, they, <laughs> I think it shows the sort of, you know, the um, the arrogance of contestants. They, they watch people in all the other seasons it all go horribly wrong and they go, that won't happen to me. I'll do better. And then don't
0: <laughs> yeah so let us do some plugs uh sucky do you want to talk about all your many podcasts that you that you yes. have on the go
2: my podcasts are around the console which is a doctor who podcast and then i also have a star trek podcast which is trek this out podcast now all of them links are on my bio on twitter x whatever you like to call it at cyberman underscore one five one so just check that out from there and you'll get all the links to all my podcasts.
0: And what yep. did you make to the, uh, the Christmas Doctor Who? What's what's your initial thoughts on Chuty Gatwa?
2: The story could have been a bit better. Uh, it seems to have got more fantastical again, which is not a bad thing. And I quite liked his character. Uh, I liked the the interaction between him and uh, Ruby Sunday, the, uh, the character played by Millie Gibson. Uh, so I quite enjoyed that So I'll, there's going to be a complete season of that because again there's rumours that uh, for the, the next season of uh, Shooting Up where the, things have changed other than that, yeah, it was quite enjoyable, I do like it.
0: Um, and do nothing really to plug I'm guessing <laughs>
1: <laughs> No, next week I'll be starting the Daryl Dixon podcast again uh, but we'll be talking about the new Walking Dead spin-off which is the Rick and Michonne one called uh, The Ones Who Live, I'll what that one's looked
0: like. So, yeah, so let's get started. First one, uh, this week we will be talking about is The Way. and um, this is directed by Michael Sheen and it's written uh by James Graham. It's set in Port Talbot. It focuses primarily on the steelworks, which are the main industry of the town. Uh, we've got like a new foreign company coming in to save the steelworks, but there are people who are quite skeptical. Uh, of this, they feel like it's going to be shut down or redundancy is on the way. Stefan Rodri here as Jeff, who's one of the representatives of the steelworks. He's quite a shut-off character in a way. Um, he was affected by his father's suicide. His dad was really active during the miners' strike but led to his suicide. Sort of his... Stepping back, his stance is alienated him from his family. We see an early scene where he goes to his grandson's birthday and is treated quite coldly by um, his ex-wife Dee and their daughter Thea. As it goes on, they get more and more involved in this story as the uh, Steelworks uh, staff decide to go on strike. We've also got um, Owen, who is the son of the family, He's recently fallen out with his sister. Owen's a drug dealer, also has mental health issues. We gradually build up to what could only be described as a, as a big riot with the police bringing in the army to help them against the the striking workers. And we just get this massive sort of final scene where you know things are going to get worse before they get better. Dawn, I'll go to you first on this one. What did you make to the way?
1: I watched the it's the three episodes and I did watch it all in one go oh she's back <laughs> yeah, I'm back <laughs> um I know I saw Michael Sheen on something talking about it what they wanted to do was create this a uh, story where we would see what it feels like for British people to be refugees that experience of, of trying to cross the the channel and um and it gets to that in the sort of second episode, they become, the family become refugees. And I enjoyed that aspect of it. But that this first episode, I, I felt it was very muddied and fumbled, the way they were trying to create this situation, that people from Wales would become refugees, and specifically this family. And there were bits of it that reminded me of, of Sherwood, which was about families divided over different...
0: Well, the same writer...
1: Yeah, being on different sides of the minor strike. I mean, I loved Sherwood and I felt that was a good thing to focus on. But then it was like, okay, let's find different reasons for all four of members of the family to be on the run. And the way that they end up leaving uh, is because of the the son, because the son gets really embroiled in the riots and he has become a a figure that the, the, the police want to catch. I don't know it didn't it didn't work entirely for me as 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 a mechanism for why they they go on the road but once they do I really enjoyed it I found that really good the reality of what it's like for people who are used to a certain lifestyle you know have to go on the road that the, the son of course has to is coming off prescribed drugs for his mental health problems the fact that he just has to keep going despite the, he's suffering these really severe withdrawal symptoms the grandson he is staying with his other grandfather he's trying to bring him to to them you know he's offering gold watches to lorry drivers to get in the back of a lorry and you know it's very obvious the parallels they're drawing and I liked that I thought that was well done I love Stephen Rodri and and everything he's he's in and he is fantastic as the lead and I've never seen the actress that plays Thea before I think her name's Mali Harris or something and I, I really enjoyed her. She was sort of the pushing force through a lot of it. She's the one that basically starts them off leaving. Um, it's her decision. And, and she has that capacity to be... To, you know, you can see it. She's got it from her parents, from her mother and from her father. This, this strength and this determination... But there were other elements that were just really weird, <laughs> like um, Luke Evans' character shows up as the Welsh catcher, it suddenly becomes like chitty chitty bang bang. They show them how many days this is, you know, there's a countdown to things happening and, and how many days it's been since. It's like 21 days or something and there's this, oh yes, there's <laughs> tales of the, the Welsh catcher and all this fable that's grown up and you think, would that happen in three weeks? So I found it a bit of a mishmash. Some aspects of it I really liked and some I just thought it was a bit... It could have done with being longer. Maybe that's what I think would have benefited it if it had been six episodes instead of three.
0: Because obviously they don't get to that element of the refugees no. in this first episode no. No. either. No. So I think they are thinking that people will just watch all three yeah. in quite a swift succession. Uh, Sucky, what did you make of it?
2: So, I only watched the first episode of this, and the first episode really did set up the paranoia that suddenly starts. The uh, The steelworkers, they're thinking they're losing their job, their livelihood, and I got sucked in with all that. Quite liked the family dynamic, in that they're all at loggerheads with each other. Because of the background of the steelworks and people's paranoia as to what's going on with the steelworks, this sort of escalates into that riot that you see right at the end. And up to that point, I am really enjoying it. Now, I will carry on watching these two episodes when I get a chance. I'm pretty sure I will end up joining it because it seems to be a fantasy uh, that's going to go uh, a bit further into how people will react in a situation like this and then just suddenly go into these really, really dark places.
0: Like you, Dawn, I think Stefan Rodri was brilliant here. And I think, obviously, there's this now push for more Welsh dramas, isn't there? And he seems to have done quite well at that. (laughs) Steel Town Murders, was it Men Up it was called? Yeah, Men Up, Men Up, yes. I think this reserved nature of him is like being hurt in the past. You can see that in his eyes. You know, he does have that, Sucky with the fantasy, the interaction he has with his dead father played by Michael Sheen. You can just feel that pain and you can understand why he's been shut off and obviously the ex-wife said you know when I met you you had a lot more fight than you've got now and and the fact that these people have known each other for years you you get that from the performances I think and I did like the little bit of comedy at the beginning with the kids parties where they had the masks of all the different politicians and you, the, the very unsubtle thing of Margaret Thatcher's face just sort of whifting in the wind there <laughs> it's not Hundred percent perfect, but you know, you you set us up for a fall a little bit. Here, I think, because I think from episode one, I think me and Suki seem to sort of be in the same uh, boat here a little bit. That really enjoyed it. I thought the last sequence as well, where you just see the helicopters and stuff coming mm-hmm. over, was done really well from the the perspective of the the young lad and as you say, the paternal grandfather. I'd be tempted to watch this to see how how things. Progress. I agree though with you, Dawn, as well. I think they probably needed more episodes mm-hmm. if that's the, t- the story they're telling. Yeah. That seems to be the thing with BBC dramas. It's very hard not to get one <laughs> than three episodes these days.
2: The fantasy elements, it's it's just a bit strange because the first episode is quite gritty. I mean, you see mm. a person setting fire to themselves in the high street, mm. and you know that, it, and from what they've heard from his background, he's, he's gone through. Hell, because he's seen his son die in front of him, and he's decided he can't handle it, and he decides to uh, set fire to himself and uh, commit suicide. That's quite gritty, and you see the fact that other elements within the story is quite gritty. And but then you get the supernatural elements. It, it seems to be. I mean, you got him looking, uh, seeing his dead father. You got possibly a ghost of the red uh, monk in the background, and now. That sort of stuff. It seems that loggerheads as to what the story is trying to sell, which is they're trying to set up a situation where you've got British people as refugees within their own country, but then you've got the supernatural element, and it just seems a bit of a mishmash. It, it can gel. I haven't seen the next two episodes, so it might be a lot better in the next two episodes, but in this one. I'm not sure.
0: I'd agree with you there on on the whole with that. Um, But yeah, now all three episodes of The Way um, will be up by the time you hear this on uh, the iPlayer. We will now move on. This is also going to be, well, it's going to be Monday night, but but it's going to be on uh, throughout the week. Um, I'm guessing it will be up on ITVX by the time you hear this. Uh, This is breathtaking. This is a new three-part drama Based on, I want to say it's Dr. Rachel Clark.
1: That's Chris. yeah.
0: It's the yep. um, lady whose memoir this is based on. She's also co-adapted it with Jed Mercurio and a third... Persona Puanaraja. Thank you very much. Both of them were junior doctors at one point before becoming writers slash actors. But yeah, this is uh, Jaren Froggatt. She is playing a doctor, frontline worker. It starts a few weeks before lockdown. We get these sort of time cues at the bottom telling us how long it is before national lockdown begins. And it's basically telling the story about how unprepared the NHS was the small things they did to try to protect themselves, the lack of PPE, putting patients with COVID in areas where they shouldn't have been, staff members getting sick, uh, J.R. Roberts' character clashing with with management who are saying, you know, we're following the guidance we have alongside this, clips from... You know, the speeches that uh Boris Johnson was giving. It ends where, you know, we go into lockdown, we agree that actually we haven't been handling this very well. Um, and then things are really only gonna get worse. Suki, so, okay, I'll start with you on this one. What did you, what did you make to to breathtaking?
2: Oh, I thought this is fantastic. You can start off with uh Abby Henderson, Joanne Frogett's character. Mm. She knows something's coming. She just doesn't know what, and then she's trying to get PPE, and she's she can see patients slowly coming in, and they might be infected, and it just builds up, and then builds up, and builds up, and you start seeing it all escalate. And I thought the way it builds up is fantastic. The way it was told, uh, and it's all handheld cameras in your face, moving around, so you can see what's going on around you and stuff. And you can see the other characters all asking questions, you know, why are these people getting PPE, why are these people not getting it, and so on. This must have been happening in hospitals and medical centres up and down the country, uh, where they realise something is going on, but they're not being given the support. And it's all, you've got to follow the guidelines set by the government, even though the government... Uh, as it's mentioned I think in the episode five or six seven days out of date uh, and because the thing is escalating quicker than you can you see when your stats are all being given to the government it's not as quick as what's happening in the actual hospitals where everything is suddenly starting to get uh, worse and worse and worse the the way this story was told handheld in your face sort of uh, storytelling the character of Abby being front and centre and she can see whatever is going on and she realises this can't be right. There's got to be other ways of doing this stuff. I just think it was fantastically well done. Uh, the director, Craig Viveros, fantastic the way he did all this. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to say I really enjoyed this and I'm pretty sure I will end up watching but at the same time I'm also a bit squeamish so watching these sort of reality-based ones because sometimes it just gets to me. And I get too emotional and and I know this is just a drama, but all the, all these sort of things happen and I, I really want to see these sort of things. But I know this is going to be my compelling drama for most people.
0: And I think the fact that the writers, obviously one of the writers is the writer of the memoir, but the other two writers have also worked in hospitals. You know, it helps with that authenticity element to it as well. I was really gripped by this. Like you, I thought the camera work was excellent. I thought Joanne Frogger, she was really well deployed as this sort of character who had to be steely and determined and turn off her emotions. But every so often you can see her worries. You can see when she's on a crowded bus and she puts the mask on, the fact that she doesn't want to hug her kids straight away. She wants to go and wash. I believe, has a daughter got some sort of Mm -hmm. breathing issues or something like that, some sort of additional health needs? One thing I was thinking though and I'll ask you both this, do you think we needed this drama? Do you think this was you know in terms of we sort of all know what was happening during covid. There's been several documentaries already. Do you think we needed a drama
2: on top of it? If you go back to Mr. Bates and the um post uh, mm. office drama, there was documentaries made about that and there's hardly anything uh, in the mass media where they picked up on it because the people weren't resonating with the documentary. Now we we've had a number of documentaries on the COVID and everything, mm. but we haven't actually had a drama. Now people uh, will uh, sympathise em- empathy with the with a drama uh, more than they will with a documentary. Once we have that, there will be a lot more questions again. And there's a lot of people may have known about what was going on, and you know knew what was going on within the NHS how they were struggling. But to have an actual drama and a character that they can fixate on, basically, with uh, Abby Henderson's Joanne Froggart's character, they can fixate and empathise with her character, they will get more from this drama than they would, I'd say, from loads of documentaries.
1: It's a compliment to say I found it really distressing to watch it and that I I don't think I would watch the other two episodes because it's not like you you want to watch it go hey it gets better you know as the way you do with some other real life dramas you know where the murder is solved or there is justice you know as in the the Mr Bates one you know it's just going to get worse I think it's something that could have held off for another couple of years I feel like we're still too close to it it's still too raw and fresh in a lot of people's memories and the problem is that people who Will tune into this, I think, will mostly already know how awful it is. There probably will be a lot of people who were working in the NHS and who know how horrific the situation was. And the people who need to see this probably won't watch it. The people who I, I saw just the first couple of minutes of the second episode, and there's you know a guy with a phone filming the empty waiting rooms going, There's nobody here, they're all lying, you know, and you think those kind of people. They'll just go, oh, it's a drama. It's not true. You know, it it won't change their feelings. But I mean, Suki's right. We really need people to be aware of how bad the situation was, how in danger so many staff members were, not just doctors, but, you know, auxiliaries, nurses, reporters, everybody was put at risk because of uh, how badly handled it was. A lot of times these kind of dramas are an ensemble and this is not an ensemble. This is just, you feel like you're with um, Joanne Froggart's character every minute. There are times when you're not, but it felt like you are totally with her. And I think that's what sucks you into feeling how exhausted and how frustrated she is and, and, and all the other members of staff and and also how completely confused they are they have no idea what's going on you know I'm allowed this mask wait a minute I was allowed this mask yesterday but I'm not allowed allowed it today and I think it is very well done I just feel that it's so raw in our minds and for people who lost someone you know in that situation especially in those early months of COVID it might just be too soon but i think it's it's brilliantly done and you know with jed mercurio you know that it's going to be good and obviously rachel clark i follow her on twitter she's a a really really interesting um person to follow i just think i could have (laughs) i could have Mm. waited longer to see it but um maybe then you lose the momentum so i I don't know
0: you you're right there is there's no sort of right answer for it but i just like it is going to be tough for people to sort of relive it. And, mm. you, you know, it is recent memory. And I think when would be the right time? I mean, we reviewed this England, didn't we? The Boris Johnson yeah. uh, drama, quote unquote, with Kenneth Branagh And that was almost like a secret COVID kind of <laughs> uh, drama, wasn't <laughs> yes. it? That, I mean, that was seen from the government's point of view. We also did either of you watch Help with Jodie Comer? Yes. And Stephen which was, Graham. yeah. And Stephen Graham, which was a one off drama it was all about how the care homes system handled it I think but that was I think very similar to this Jodie Comer's character in that was similar to to Abby here there is one scene that will stay with me where she's just left in charge of the entire home on her own because everyone else has called in sick and you know with the care homes it was almost worse in a way because again yeah. they had literally no preparation or anything like that and mm-hmm that was quite a hard watch. This, again, I just think you're not going to watch for entertainment, I suppose, is it? And I mean, even something like Mr. Bates, you know, you you watch that as a piece of entertainment to an extent because the nature of that drama was people banding together and there was Mm -hmm. an element of a happy ending in it as well. Whereas this, you know, it's just, as you say, it's just going to get worse and worse. But I suppose people's eyes need to be open to what happened through the eyes of someone who um, who lived through it. But yeah, so that's all up on ITVX now. That's breathtaking. Uh, we now move to uh, BBC Three and Borders, which is a new uh, comedy drama. This one starts with a video that goes viral of a group of pupils from uh, the prestigious... St. Gilbert's School, a very um well-to-do um boarding school. Uh, the video is of some of the pupils emptying a bottle of champagne all over a homeless man. As the school's image needs to be repaired, uh, scholarships are offered to five uh, talented Black inner-city teenagers. Uh, we've got Jaheem, Leah, Omar, Toby and Femi. They go through se- um, several exams to get to the point where they get these scholarships to the school we then basically see them struggle to fit into a world where they look and act different from everyone around them uh, whilst also suffering through the same teenage angst as their new uh, classmates um, I'll start with Dawn what did you make to this?
1: I was a bit confused at the the start because with the style they introduced the each character, you know, we got their name on screen in a sort of freeze frame and they're, oh, this is what they're like. You know, Omar's into comics and is a bit geeky. And was it Femi that's like totally, or or Toby, I can't remember which one of them, um, is into, you know, selling stuff. He's a wide boy and... Uh, Leah is much more of an activist you know we got these introductions so I thought it was going to be a bit like bad education or something and because it was billed as a comedy I thought it was going to be more outrageous and silly but it's actually really quite serious and and how much it's dealing with racism and culture wars and, and class war you know even though they're at this school they're, they're seen as completely outsiders still because of their race and but also because of of their working class and uh, Jaheim turns up with his stuff in two bin bags he doesn't even have a suitcase and and the bullying that goes on is is really quite severe and 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 uncomfortable to, to to watch but there is also silliness you know there is some level of um comedy it, it i did laugh a couple of times i did find it funny so it, it is a comedy drama but it, it just has a very serious heart but i thought the the young cast are all really good jaheem who's sort of the lead sort kind of we, f- we follow him a lot more i really liked him and leah makes friends with um another girl abby who's seems like she's the only other non-white girl and and she but she's acting white as the you know and she wears her hair in a a ponytail and uh, lee is trying to encourage her to braid her hair and she won't do it because she doesn't want to stand out and sort of make people aware of her blackness in this very posh very white very upper class um school situation but obviously they can understand how much benefit it would give them if they can succeed in this world you know they know that they can um it might change completely change their lives because most of them have bad home lives in, in terms of single mothers or just poor i think femi saying you know he was working at the weekends to make money to help his mum, and now he's not doing that He's trying to make money to send home to her, uh, because she won't be able to cope without him. And we see uh, Jaheim's younger brother is, is, you know, he's wanting him to have a better life, and they they have this opportunity to do yeah. that. And it's it's very well done in that that sense of the fish out of water and the completely culture shock they get, and how each one adapts to it differently. So I enjoyed it. I think I probably would watch the rest of the of the series. I watched two episodes, but I, I I think it might grow into itself as we get to know each character more and their relationships to each other and relationships to new people uh, that they meet. Like um, I think it's Rupert is the name of the boy who was in the the viral video, and he becomes involved with um Jahim, and I th- I would be interested to see where that goes if we get to see why Rupert's so awful or if he's just awful. <laughs> so I, I think it's um it's got a lot going for it, definitely.
0: I definitely agree with that, Dawn. I was expecting something similar to you in terms of <laughs> the press picture and in terms of how it was described, I was expecting a sort of half hour comedy mm-hmm. really, a sort of, you know, yeah. culture clash comedy, but I wasn't prepared for the seriousness of it the, the you know the exploration of the themes that, that they go into here i mean this is written and created by daniel lawrence taylor who also plays the um mentor gus he previ- and i didn't watch it he did a sitcom on itv2 called time wasters where that was a time travel <laughs> sucky he's putting his thumbs up so he <laughs> must have seen it really good show. This is written with a, a sense of authenticity. There's this recurring thing where they've had their picture taken next to this portrait of one of the founders, but it's also like a, a slave painted into this portrait and they're lined up right next to it and the insinuations of that as well. You know, there's, there's so much going on. in it. And it is a thought-provoking show, I think, as well in mm-hmm. terms of how life is for black teenagers, and especially when you put them into this this alien world, you know, of people who, as you said, it's it's race and it's class. It's two Mm -hmm. things at the same time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the assumptions they make that um, Toby deals weed, you know, he's trying to sell these trainers, but they assume he's there to sell drugs as well. I like Femi sort of the one who is drawn in more to the life Mm -hmm. because he's from quite a proper background, isn't he? Like his, yeah. Afri- his African upbringing, he's got very sort of proud parents. They're the only ones who are sort of, seem very supportive. And he's the one who joins in this running of the balls <laughs> at the end, which was quite a, <laughs> an interesting sequence, which you can believe happens at school, schools <laughs> yes. like these. And But yeah, no, a lot of promise. I think the five young leads are excellent. The lad who plays Toby, I was reading had not done any acting before or hadn't been in any productions before, had literally answered an open casting on Instagram. Wow. So he'd never been in front of a camera before. I think it's the actor who plays Fanny had only done theatre before. So there's a lot of new faces on this and you get that energy, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's useful, you know, the only actor I really recognize was Derek Riddle, who's playing the the headmaster, headmaster here. Yeah. Really good. Um would recommend seeking this out because it hasn't got a load of promotion to it because it's on BBC three. But yeah, give give it a watch because it, it definitely surprised me. Uh Suki, what about you?
2: As Matt says, I was expecting like a 25 minute sitcom. This was completely different. I mean as soon as each character was put up on the screen, I actually went and made a note now to what I thought of them as they as they were in appearance So they'd come up Jaheem. I thought, put down next to it hoodlum. Leah, activist, Omar, artist, loner, Femi, uh, entitled, and Toby, entrepreneur. And then just a few scenes later, Gus, the mentor teacher, um, he turns around to all of them and says, don't be who they expect you to be. So this is what I expected these characters to be. And now, if I carry on watching the rest of the series, I'm not expecting them to be any more diff- uh, They're going to be something more. Now, there's also a lot of other scene where they actually turn up at the school and he, he says, just look him in the eye and say hello. And this is sort of mirrored about half an hour into the episode, about 45 minutes into the episode, where Jaheem has actually run away from school and he see, he's sitting on the bench and they've got the people next to him looking at him and he basically copies what his teacher had done to these people watching him. I thought that was fantastic, just the way he's starting to learn. He's got to either adapt and change people's ideas of who he is and then be able to adapt into the, that society. It's out there as a comedy drama and there was only small bits of comedy and it was more of a serious drama. So I am, I'm hoping am be a bit, bit more of a comedy. But at the same time, I quite like the drama bits because these are the sort of things that will actually make people see other members of society and be able to see how they can react within that society that they're not part of and so i am looking forward to watching the rest of these five episodes these six episodes it was definitely one that
0: surprised me though because I wasn't expecting it to be what it was and i think i think people should check this out because i think it will slip under the radar a little
1: bit Mm. Um, i think it's got a lot of growth that it could become a long-running series you know i could see it having several seasons but obviously only if people watch it.
0: Yeah so that will be up on the iPlayer by the time you hear this. Our last show you may need to give me a bit of help on setting up it's Constellation. Uh, this is a new sci-fi thriller from Apple TV Plus. Numi Rapace she plays Jo Erickson. We first meet her with her uh, daughter Alice. Uh, they're driving to a remote cabin in northern Sweden then we got our favourite Luke special, everyone. Um, five weeks earlier, we are in Germany. Alice is there with her father Magnus, and astronaut Jerry is above the is aboard the International Space Station, preparing for a space walk. But describe it as an explosion occurs on the station, with uh, one crew member's life hanging in jeopardy. Joe must continue her space walk with the intention of finding out what happened to the vessel and decisions are made on how to bring the astronauts back to Earth safely. As it goes on, Jo finds herself left on the ship alone, and slowly reality seems to sort of slip away, and we get the suggestion that things may not be as they seem, and what the link is to the the scene we see early on in Sweden. Now, as I alluded to, Suki, I asked you to come on because new big space show... What did you make? What was your what were your the, the, the themes on constellation?
2: I really enjoyed constellation. There is something going on, as uh, Matt says. There is something going on behind the scenes, and you only see it towards the end of the episode on the spaceship. She starts hearing sounds, and then all of a sudden she's on planet Earth in a, uh, looking at a cupboard. Then she's back in the cabin, and so on. It's just seen, there's a lot of time jumping going on. Because I saw the credits, there is two characters, two actresses. Playing the same character. And yeah. I thought, why is going on there? But a few scenes before, there's a bit where Alice's father is chasing Alice. But all of a sudden, his clothes change. And this reminded me of a Doctor episode many, many years ago, where Matt Smith is seen without his coat in a scene where he should have had a coat. And uh, they're thinking, oh, they made a continuity area and all this stuff. But it turns out it was all part of. The storyline, it was like a different uh, time in the the story altogether. Now, this is what I think has happened here. But now I'm also thinking, this ain't, isn't that. It's also, it might just be an alternative universe. And there's two universes which this uh, Naomi Rapace's character is sort of going between. And I'm quite fascinated as to what's going on. With the character, it seems quite uh, well realised and I'm enjoying her portrayal. And then I'm also enjoying Jonathan Banks as uh, the the scientist down below, that he wants his experiment straight away. He needs uh, that little um, parcel bought from the space station. If it keeps the momentum going and it resolves the story, uh, I'm hoping that this will be uh, something that will be a really, really good show to follow.
0: And the creator as well, Peter Harness, I believe, written for Doctor Who in the past.
2: Yeah. I've got two of his, two of his <laughs> books right now on my shelf to read as well. So, oh, yeah, Peter Arn is a fantastic writer.
1: I loved it. There was no messing around. I thought, you know, it goes into the action so quickly that, you know, there wasn't a huge amount of setup. You were already gripped and brought into the story and were into the meat of it that something has gone wrong on the space station and they've got to fix it whilst trying to save the life of the other guy. The glass glowing thing is something to do with. They say uh, Jonathan Banks' character says they f- they found a new state of matter, but it's only possible to have it in zero gravity, and that's what they're experimenting on. And and he's desperate to get a hold of it, and he is putting that above lives of of crew on the on the this space shuttle. You know, it's going to be messing with the universe. It made me think of like Arrival with um. Mm. Uh, you know that seems yeah that same kind of thing where she would have these dreams and visions of the little girl and it turns out it's the future i think it 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 felt a lot like that and i think is is the film is it gravity that's a a similar Mm -hmm. sort of field where it's it's in space but there's a lot of of mystery and and it's very ethereal and otherworldly it's not like action, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek kind of things. So it, it balances that. There is lots going on, but it's also very uh, mentally stimulating. There's a lot of complex ideas of, of you know, uh, as Suki said, other universes. Is it a different timeline? Is it a parallel universe? Um, and them crossing over. I really, really found it fascinating. And and yeah, jo- Johanna and is at are university I piece. Mean, really, really captivating because there's a lot of time it's just her on her own in the spaceship and and it's, you know, you can easily... Lose an audience in that because she's not. She was talking to her iPad or she was talking to the computer, so she didn't have people to bounce off. But she was still absolutely gripping on her own. Which and then there's the relationship she has with her daughter, which seems to be the central theme of what happens. And and that was the yeah the young girl uh, that plays Alice is very good too. She has that slightly otherworldly look about her. Um, Every
0: time she says, "Mama." mama. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I can't, I can't wait to watch the race.
0: What you were saying there, Dawn, about possibly losing the audience, it did lose me a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> Just as much as I, I really like knew Mimipas as an actress, she was the original girl with the dragon tattoo in the yeah. Swedish language films. My favourite parts of this were the ground control bits to, to say, you know, for want of a better term, really, where you've got all these different space agencies who've all got ownership of this clashing with each other. I mean, Jonathan Banks was absolutely fantastic as this grizzled old, I've been doing this for 50 years. You know, as you say, the the guy who was prioritising his projects over the life of these people. I liked the mystery element, but I just did feel that there was too much which almost felt like a video game where you like had to choose what you needed to do on this spaceship, whether you floated forward to get these batteries, whether you floated backwards. Do you know what I mean? You've got these decisions to make on this mission and you've only got an amount of time. It just reminded me of like those old video games that you (laughs) you had to play as, you know, you would play as this character. But there was bits to like. It left me cold in, in certain places.
2: Going back to the stuff that was happening on the spaceship, I quite enjoyed it in that it was exciting, and I know you—you're going on about a game show. You have to take to take, do this and take mm. that. It really did gel with me, and I thought, mm. yeah, it does work. Then you got like supernatural—you could say supernatural mm-hmm. or of sorts—is when you suddenly hear that somebody banging, and you just think to yourself, "You're the only one alone on a spaceship," and you suddenly hear banging, and I quite enjoyed that element of it.
0: Yeah, no, I get, I, I get that. I mean, it looks fun. They must have spent like oh, so yeah. much money on this. Uh, between this and and Masters of the Air, you know, Apple are pulling out <laughs> the stock so far this year. Um, and even like last week we talked about uh, the new look, the fashion designers in that <laughs> Occupied Paris uh, drama, which again looked fantastic. And and the money is well spent. The money is on screen, but. They haven't skimped on the storytelling either, and I think you know Rapasi's performance is excellent, even though maybe it didn't work for me the the character as well as it worked for you two. But I think the first three episodes are, are there to watch now, as is the way uh, with Apple, and then it's uh, one a week. But yeah, that's us for today. Thank you very much, uh, both of you, for joining me. Do you want to just let people know where they can find you online in your various uh, endeavours? Uh, Suki, I'll start with you.
2: If you want to follow all my podcasts, just go to my Twitter account and it will be in, all my, uh, in the bio. And that's uh, at Cyberman underscore one five.
1: Uh you can get me on X um at Dawn Glen2 and on all of the other platforms I'm Ikloshu, which is I K K L E O S U.
0: Um you can find me on Twitter at TV Bytes. Um Luke is at Luke TV. Podcast is at Custard TV Pod. Instagram, which Dawn has continued to run despite having no
1: Intermittently.
0: Intermittently. (laughs) It's um that's it's the Custard TV. We have got a Facebook, the Custard TV, and you can contact us via email custardtvreviews at gmail.com. Next week, I think we will be leaping back on the time machine uh, to February of 1999. Uh, But until then, thank you so much for listening, everyone, and goodbye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook.